So if our listeners listen to the outro, which we know by analytics, all of our listeners listen to our outro oh, all the way through. Yes. I think some people actually just tune in for the outro. I don't think so. <laughs> all our outros are really good and well thought out usually. But you'll find out that the second coolest thing about this city is that they invented sliced bread. Yeah. The first cool thing is... Stompbox. Stompbox Brewing, who we're talking to today. <laughs> I mean, I do love sliced bread, and we were discussing off air, like, before sliced bread, people just probably just, like, gnarred into bread. They didn't like cut a it. A wild animal, just... Arr. Yeah, so thank you for modernizing... <laughs> Inventing that, yeah, yes. Yeah, and modernizing <laughs> um, humanity forward. I appreciate that, but also thank you for your beer. We're, we're enjoying yeah. a lot of it right now, so uh, we're here... Yeah, we are here with Stompbox Brewing. Uh, we start every podcast by asking our guests their first memory of beer... And their role at the brewery. So take it away, gentlemen. Oh, um, I don't know if I want to mention my first association <laughs> with beer. I was a very young age, um, but uh, probably my first real, you know, get into craft beer was, you know, with Guinness and uh, Fat Tire and and some of that stuff in the, you know, early '90s, um, Sierra Nevada and uh, Grant's perfect porter and some of that stuff that was uh out and about at that time so um my first memory of beer would probably be um being allowed to take sips out of my dad's beers when i was about three years old um things like pbr and whatever was cool back in the early 70s so <laughs> pbr still cool man <laughs> <laughs> yes um <laughs> and beyond that um, I think as far as craft goes, kind of like with Matt, um, at one point I was a probably dedicated macro drinker only because it was cheap. And um, But 10 to 15 years ago, sort of started, you know, trying some different craft beers. And uh, like a lot of people started out with basic stuff like uh, Goose Island Honkers Ale is one I remember drinking yeah. early on. Um, there certainly wasn't weren't as many options back then, but um, Boulevard, some of their beers, the wheat and the pale ale, um, Sierra Nevada pale ale. So a lot of the common, uh, you know, entry ones, gateway ones, yeah, yeah. yeah gateway beers, there gateway you go. beers. Yeah. And what was what was the second part of our question? Oh, and uh, the rolls rolls at the brewery. Yeah. Um, we're both Matt and I are two of the three owners were all equal third owners. Um, and generally all three of us pretty much fill most of the back of house, uh, roles, especially as far as like brewing and recipe creation and seeing beers through from brew day to, um, drinking day. <laughs> yeah. So are you all home brewers before this, or did you professionally brew before Stompbox? Uh, basically homebrewed, uh, basically homebrewed for about 20 years. Oh, wow. Um, so I got in it fairly early, uh, got into it basically cause I bought my dad a homebrew, uh, kit for Christmas one year and he did it for, I don't know, a couple batches and he had a fermenter blow up in my <laughs> mom's bathroom <laughs> and, awesome. uh, that ended his homebrewing career and then I took his year and uh here i am so i did not know that story <laughs> <laughs> yeah it stunk and it was all over so um same for me um never have brewed professionally um i 
think I actually tried home brewing a couple times, maybe three or four times back in the early 90s when it was, I think we had a local homebrew shop that had just opened. And uh, at that time, I wasn't really that into craft beer. So I, I tried it a few times and sort of put it aside, but then uh, kind of pick, picked up doing it again somewhere between 10 and 15 years ago. Um, around the same time, I kind of started enjoying craft beer. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, obviously, brewing on like five gallon system, maybe even a ten gallon system. What are you brewing on now in your in Stompbox? Yeah, so we have a seven barrel electric system from Stout. Cool, nice. And so uh, all our equipment's from Stout, and so yeah, seven barrel electric. Yeah, when you were. Going from quote unquote amateur brewing to like professional brewing, um, what kind of guidance were you getting? You know, to to go with a seven barrel system, and do you wish that you did a bigger barrel system? Hindsight, you know, twenty twenty one, you know. I, I don't know. I still feel like um, we still have a lot of capacity here to, I'll say, exceed our seven barrel system. Uh, the seven barrel system allows us to be a little bit more agile and brew more beers um, we're not distributing at this time so uh, it's all sold through the tap room so it's it's good to be able to turn beer over for us so for sure but yeah as the business hopefully grows yeah i'm sure at some point we'll wish we had a 15 barrel or, <laughs> or larger, so yeah if anything i think like matt said the the size of the system it, it works for us pretty well um the size of our space we maybe wish we had a little bit more room, um, you know, we wanted to add a couple of fermenters or something like that. Um, that I suppose, if anything, you know, is our limitation right now. Um, what do you have for fermenters right now? Two 15 barrel and two seven yeah. barrel. Um, but bottom line is we can't have more than four beers, obviously going at right. any given time. So, um, and we just quite frankly, unless we got really creative, don't have, whole lot of space to add additional fermenters right now <laughs> but in the future for yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> now um but we've only been open for a little over a year so we'll you know yeah. baby steps i guess yeah so, well congrats for a little over a year during such a chaotic time yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, i'm always interested when people say you know like i want to open a brewery um why did you want to open a brewery during COVID? <laughs> well, when we signed our lease, it was uh, November of 2019. Okay, so, so you didn't know about COVID. <laughs> we, we didn't know about COVID yet. So no. we kind of pushed our chips in and then you're just like, well, this is the hand we're dealt. And, yep. you know, you just got to go for it. And so, um, yeah, we had purchased equipment and the lease and gotten a loan all like October and November. So yeah, you're paying we, rent. Yeah. 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 We weren't, uh, I didn't, I don't think they would have let us send the equipment back. So we figured <laughs> we had to, yeah. Had Buckle to down and do it. Forge ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Were you uh, originally planning on canning your beer or is that just a COVID thing? Um, so basically the, our canning is very manual. It's uh, we have, one of our bartenders helps us out. And so we basically fill these cans individually. And then we have like a crawler machine yep. that does it. So it's really just for to go sales through the tap room. Uh, we don't have like, a, you know, a, I'll say a professional right. machine. So not yet. Um, we just, 
that's you know just at this point uh, we're just trying to get the tap room rolling and get that going yeah yeah get beer out the door i have to give you some accolades the peak performance that we're drinking right now is the peach guava sour you're offering Um, and to ship a beer that you manually pack uh, (laughs) a sour beer especially uh and it arrives safely you know take some balls and i I, that's just an attribution (laughs) of a good brewer so i appreciate that Um, it was an excellent beer um, something cool. you should definitely be proud of um, we have a couple of other offerings that we're going to get into more into the episode but um, are you guys still working your full-time jobs with Stompbox or is this a yeah so you, you guys yeah, are pulling so, those 16 hour days huh yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's all, all three of the the owners we all have full-time gigs and so yeah this is our second full-time gig so yeah cool but, yeah. <laughs> so what are your full-time jobs then right now uh, I'm a mechanical engineer for, uh, we make uh, manufacturing positioners. So it's basically equipment to make equipment. So Cool, cool. I work, I work for the uh, federal government, specifically a department of the Army. Uh, I'm not prior military. I just work in a procurement role. There's a place here right in the middle of the Mississippi River called the Rock Island Arsenal. Um, which is a fairly large military, I guess, manufacturing and procurement installation. So um, I've worked there for about 10 years, 11 years. Uh, Cool. Basically a cost and price analyst. That's quite exciting. (laughs) Do your coworkers just think you guys are like fucking awesome for having a brewery now? (laughs) Or or do they think you're crazy? Yeah, Yeah, both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Most think most thing is awesome, but they don't understand the uh, how much extra work there is. I'm sure if they yeah. understood yes. that, the day in the life, think, yeah, then yeah. they think we're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, sure. Where did your three paths, all three owners, uh, converge? Or you guys grow up together, or like meet in college, so on and so forth? Kind of uh, somewhat disjointed, I guess. Um, Matt and I are actually neighbors. Oh, cool. uh, we live nice. about two or three blocks apart. Um, and then the other owner is a guy that I have known for uh, 15 to 20 years. We used to play rugby together locally here in town. Um, so if, I'll skip all the boring details, <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the three of us ultimately ended up sort of getting together and, uh, you know, early in the planning stages. And then, uh, you know, it took us a little while, mm-hmm. you know, back to the whole COVID thing. I mean, we had looked for space for, at least a year. Yeah, almost two years. Before we found this space that we ended up in. So, um, you know, again, great timing. But we, we finally sort of like zeroed in on this place during the summer of 2019. And uh, like Matt said earlier, ended up sort of moving forward in the fall. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, all right, so before we get into the origin of your name, Stompbox, being a musician, I have an idea of what that is, but I'm curious <laughs> to hear your story. Um, we have a word from our sponsors, so take it away, Sound Guy Ryan. Did you know that your favorite Massachusetts breweries use hops from a local family-owned hop farm right here in Massachusetts? Our friends over at Four Star Farms are there for you, whether you're a commercial brewery or a small-batch home brewer. Make sure to head over to their website today and get your hands on some of the best and freshest hops available locally. Cheers.
At our local homebrew shop, Beer and Wine Hobby, you can get everything you need to make beer, wine, cider, cheese, and more. Not sure where to start? They have knowledgeable staff there to help. Beer and Wine Hobby is family-owned and located in Danvers, Massachusetts. Visit their website, beer-wine.com, and use our promo code BRUITS for 10% off your online order today. Shirts on Tap is the box subscription service for craft beer lovers. Each month, Shirts on Tap partners up with seven different breweries from across the country and collaborates on a sweet custom shirt design. We've been teamed up with Shirts on Tap since the inception of the podcast and are proud to announce a new promo code for all of our listeners. To get your first shirt for $5 off, go to the link in our description below and use the promo code. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. And we're back. We cracked open. Erica, what, what beer did we crack open? Joyride? We open Joyride. Yeah. I, I know that Matt and Jamie are also enjoying Joyride with us. Um, yep. So let's talk about that, and then we're going to get into the origin of the name. But uh, tell us about Joyride. Yeah. So Joyride is a East Coast uh, hazy IPA. It's 7.3% ABB, I think. Um, basically, this one might be seven, but either way, either seven, way, um, seven ish, seven ish percent Citra Galaxy Hop, um, and some other little stuff thrown in there for spice. But, um, but yeah, so it's just one of our hazies. We do brew several hazies here. Um, it's a style that the three of us really like and was one of the reasons, uh, we got into into creating Stompbox. Really? Oh. Interesting. Cool. So cool. tell us about the name Stompbox. Um, yep. So we, uh, I, I would assume like a lot of breweries or businesses, we have, we put a ton of thought into, into the name. Um, probably I went, went through a number of names that were maybe already taken by other breweries or businesses. Um, and I think the big thing is kind of wanted to look for something musically themed um, without maybe being dialed into like a particular style of music, like, you know, heavy metal or country music <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Not country, but um, anyway, then um, I'll let Matt maybe kind of yeah, so, add on to um, Jamie and myself. Uh, we play guitar and so we just kind of like the idea of the musicianship side of things. Um, obviously, the stomp box for guitarists, you know, adds basically sound and flavor to your guitar tones and into your music. So we kind of we liked how that incorporated into beer as well. Um, obviously, with you know different uh, ingredients in beer as, as far as hops and grain. So. Um, and just kind of was a, a nod to, you know, musicians. Uh, there's a lot of people that have no idea what a stomp box is that we find <laughs> out. Um, but the flip side is, is that, you know, musicians that are in bands and stuff that see our, our tap handles that have stomp boxes on the top of them, they really dig it. Um, they, they get it. And so it, that's a cool, you know, feedback that we get. Yeah, sparks some conversation, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. So for those people who don't know, yeah. <laughs> what is a stomp box? <laughs> it's 
Stompbox is a general name for a guitar effects pedal. Um, and think about any sort of, um, you know, you play a guitar through an amplifier or do you play an acoustic guitar by itself and it has a fairly clean tone? Do you just hear the strings um, playing what most people would associate with guitar? But, um, you know, a stomp box can add distortion. It can add delay. It can uh, even like a wah pedal is, I guess, somewhat of a maybe not a true stomp box, but it's certainly a guitar effects pedal. Yeah. So uh, yep. just adding a different tone or like Matt said, flavor to the basic sound of a guitar a yep. timbre as you would oh right that's, that's a good, that's a good word you, ryan you tuning in i like that oh. uh, i this is completely off topic but i know a lot of musicians do you have a favorite guitar pedal um do i have a favorite guitar pedal uh, probably <laughs> not um we have i have a i have a bunch and actually one of our our bartenders, he makes guitar effects pedals. So oh, he's, he's, uh, in the works right now. He's, uh, making a power groove. It's, a uh, basically a dual rat pedal. Cool. Um, has two stages. Um, we're going to release that at some point here. And, uh, so yeah. So beer and guitar pedals. I love it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, the, there you go. It's like the best. Well, combo. beer and music, honestly, like we've yeah. talked about before, it goes together so well. Yeah. When we take another break, maybe we can grab one of the, uh, like our tap handles yeah. sort of just like they are not functioning guitar pedals, but they look like one. Um, you know, if you're looking at a, our tap handle, it looks like we actually have guitar pedals <laughs> That's on so top cool. of them. So that is super cool. kind, of, kind of a cool thing. Um, so nice. speaking of music, we always seem to go into brew houses and music is blaring. Do you have a, you have a specific genre that's always blaring or do you have a rule against certain genres to not be played? <laughs> Uh, I don't think we really have a, a rule. We tend to let the whoever's working that day pick it. Um, a lot of times it's it's rock. Um, not a whole lot of like heavy metal, but um, it's a fairly eclectic uh, mix. Different uh, kinds of rock music, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Do you allow jam bands? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, I, I personally would. I, I wish we would. Uh, I'm a huge Fish fan oh, and yeah. Dead fan, so... There you go. And so I, I'm all for it. You know, all the Chuck dust torture you can get. So That's great. That's so funny. We what know guys- a couple of breweries that are like, no fish, no. <laughs> no jam bands. No, 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 no dead. No dead. Yeah. <laughs> what are you guys playing in the brew house on brew days? Probably a lot of metal. Yeah. Okay. It's typically pretty heavy <laughs> stuff. So See, Matt likes, Matt's pretty like varied and diversified, I guess. He likes jam bands and he likes metal. I tend to, I like a lot of stuff, but. Um, metal, I guess, would always be my go-to and probably maybe tend towards a little bit more on the extreme side of things. <laughs> Matt's probably more Metallica Slayer would be probably about as Pantera. I don't, yeah. don't want to speak for you, Pantera. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah. All the hair metal stuff and oh, then yeah. Grateful Dead and you know, <laughs> Fish and all, all that kind of stuff. So That's And everything good. in between. Ray cool. LaMontagne and... yeah. David Brothers and all that jazz. Why so. not? All right, we're going back to beer for those people. Okay, who are fine, plus, yep. fine, fine. For those people who are thirty <laughs> second plus into the episode, not want to learn about music, shame on you. Go back and listen to that. But um, <laughs> I want, I, I want to know what's the beer scene like in Davenport or, or Iowa as a whole. Uh, how many breweries are there? And um, I mean, 
Yeah. Um, are you guys known for New England style IPAs or East Coast IPAs? We're, yeah. we're trying. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're trying. Um, that's that's a particular style that we like to brew um, pretty regularly and and several different you know takes on it. Uh, for the Quad Cities, we're about three hundred and thirty thousand people. I think somewhere around there, we have around twelve to thirteen breweries. Um, so it's you know the community does support. Uh, the craft beer scene pretty well and uh, so yeah it is in Iowa in general most people know toppling Goliath yep uh, yeah they're they're the big boys in Iowa and but we've got a ton of great breweries in Des Moines and Iowa City and and all that stuff so yeah. are you guys yeah. known for anything specifically there Slice bread, Erica. We already oh, went over that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I, say, I mean, I, I think for having been open a year, we've already gotten good feedback. I mean, there's some other breweries, I think, that have um, told us, you know, hey, you're, you're, you guys are somewhat on people's radar. People know about you, which for having been in business whoop, for whoop. only a little over a year, um, you know, no, it's not an ego thing. It's just, uh, I guess... You know, you just, just want nice to be known, yeah. known, <laughs> known for making good, good beer. For sure. um, that's really why we got into this. Uh, so that that's certainly, you know, I think welcome, welcome uh, feedback to get, um, you know, at, at an early stage for sure. our, uh, of, of our business. So, yep. Jamie, you mentioned before, originally you were a big macro drinker. Uh, I feel like Iowa, pretty working class area, especially in Davenport, uh, a lot of macro drinkers, I'm guessing, out there. How do you convince some macro drinkers to become craft beer drinkers that walk into the tap room? Um, I don't know. I mean, one of the beers we sent you there, which is the flood insurance, um, is a beer that we... You know, it, it's an approachable style. It's a blonde yeah, ale. Blonde so, ale. I mean, yeah. yep. we're going to try it. Right Let's now. open it yeah. right now. <laughs> it's not dark. It's not hoppy. Uh, people, and it's beer that tastes like beer. That's kind of what I tell people sometimes. Beer that so. tastes like beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Best descriptor ever. Yep. But I think, you know, for a style that for maybe people that are really into craft beer and have been into craft beer for a long time, I think people tend to keep you know, trying more, I think people's tastes change. I mean, I didn't used to like IPAs a long time ago, but I certainly right. do now. I still don't. No, I'm just um, kidding. <laughs> so it, it's a good gateway or I guess entry-level beer. It's approachable. Um, and honestly, it, it, it's one of our biggest sellers, I think, just because I think there are still plenty of people that come in here Um you know, want something, I, I don't want something hoppy. I don't want something dark. Yeah. What do I, what do I buy that tastes? Yeah. This if is I your perfect, cook, something clean and easy drinking. This is your perfect drinking. lawnmower beer. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very much enjoys it. So talk to us a little bit about the Oktoberfest. You were saying earlier, it's not necessarily yeah. a true lager, but. <laughs> it's not a, not a true lager. So uh, we use uh, a Kvike on on this so kvike yeast is redundant uh but anyways kvike yeast (laughs) and uh and so kvike is basically a norwegian yeast that you can ferment at a really high temperature if you want um it tends to ferment out very quickly but the the version that we used is 
Lutra. Uh, Lutra. Nice. And yeah, that, yeah. that gives basically lager-like characteristics um, that you'd want in a Marzen or an Oktoberfest. Um, we chose to do that just because, you know, as, as you guys kind of mentioned in the break, fermentation time for a lager and lagering takes a considerable amount of time. And for us to hold up tanks, yeah. yeah. We only have four fermenters. <laughs> yeah. So to take a fermenter for three months would not be very desirable. So, yeah. Probably not a good business um, idea. 10 out of 10 don't recommend. <laughs> Yeah, so so th- that's the approach that we took is we felt like we could still stay fairly true to the style and uh, and everything. So awesome! That's definitely probably going to be the one we're going to crack open next. We're very excited. Oh yeah. yes, yeah. I, I really want to try this. <laughs> yeah, we've gotten good feedback. I mean, we did it last year, um, and when we ran out of it, people were like, I wouldn't say horrified or distraught that people were definitely uh, crying on the streets that we that we ran out of it so um did you make more this year yeah we made a little what? bit a little bit more, yeah. a little bit more. Okay. okay cool cool all right so you guys have some awesome can art before we get into that quick word from our sponsors so ryan take it away, take it away. are you a solo artist band podcaster or anyone else who needs recording services Well, we got a place for you where your vision can become a reality. Welcome to Small Pond Studios, built by hand with heart and sweat equity by musicians for musicians. Go to smallpondstudios.io to reach out to get more information. And make sure you let them know that Brute sent you. Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're a part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. All right, so we're back on the Oktoberfest. We ended up just talking about it off air, but... We just got to talk about it on We got to talk about it more. You know this is great, juicy, nerdy... Nerdy stuff. Yeah. We're home brewers. <laughs> we're trying to be better, and not everyone has the option to lager, and it's interesting that you were able to kind of get the same effect. Uh, so some of the comments we were making this beer is like great clarity. It's excellent. Tastes bright. It's clean. It's pretty true to yeah. style. Yeah. If, you didn't, if I didn't know that you didn't lager this, I would not have said anything. So pretty cool. Cool. That's a good... That's a good thing. We faked you out. So. <laughs> so, yeah. Juke the That's that doesn't mean much. I'm not much of a palate. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, kind of back to the yeast, uh, Lutra, and fermentation of that. And um, so, uh, last year we fermented at 95 degrees. And and what kinda, what what did brewing at a higher temperature? Just for the listeners, what does that do for the the, the beer? So fermenting at higher temperature. Well, for like the other strains, I guess it gave a lot more citrusy, estery yeah. flavors. This strain specifically for like clarity didn't really give you that. Yeah. So the, some of the strains are intended for, or at least marketed to be used in IPAs. Like there's the Boss. Um, there's Hornadol. There's Hornadol. Boss. Um, there's one called Hothead too. Yep, I think. Yeah. Yep. And they they all um, if you're fermenting at those higher temps that they recommend can give different 
fruity esters. Some of them are described as more citrusy, some more tropical. Um, but specifically with this Lutra strain, which was, I believe, isolated from another strain of yeast, they state that if you ferment at those hot temps, that it will be clean, more clean than if you were to ferment at lower temps. So we... Last year you did at 95. Yeah, yes. Last year we did at 95. And basically we don't have any way other than the jacket of the fermenter to maintain 95 degrees. Yeah. So you just basically, <laughs> it does like a slow cool. Um, so this year, and then we basically set temperature control to kick on glycol if you exceed 95 degrees. Because you want to keep Lutra under 100. Okay. So so we we basically said we're going to knock out to 95 and then tell the fermenter to not allow it to go above 95. So when fermentation begins, activity will increase temperature and, right, and, right. and all that. So we were just going to try and hit 95. This year, we did a little bit different. We knocked out, I think it was around 85 degrees mm-hmm. and set our uh, fermenter to 95. So we actually let it like ferment and warm up to 95 and then come back down um i don't remember where i heard it and i don't know if it's true or not but i read that like if there's a big temperature swing with lutra like as far as decreasing temperature that it can stall uh fermentation so we decided to start low and go up and then back down to help uh i guess See, see what would do, yeah. I guess. You know? <laughs> so I don't know. We're all just playing around yeah, here and yeah. uh, trying to figure it out. So by um, start by starting at a little lower temp, um, it you know is it is it raised up? I don't think that we ever even actually got up to ninety five where the glycol would have kicked on in our yeah. fermenter. So you just really let it do its thing. We yeah. let the whole thing yeah. kind of be a bit more organic, I guess, and just raise up towards that 90 to 95 degree temp and then as fermentation slowed obviously because the ambient temp in the room is more like 70 it started to drop back down so we really just sort of let it let it do its thing yep nice do you recall at all is this year's better than last year's or it seems <laughs> very similar to yeah. me um this year's is clearer um interesting than last year's so We've done a, a Pilsner with the Lutra as well, and uh, we had a little bit of, I don't know if it's chill haze or whatever in it, um, but, you know, for this one, we tried to do some other things to get to clear up. So how we knocked it, or, you know, basically did cold break, cold rest, yeah, uh, that type of stuff. Well, well awesome. looks like it worked. Yeah, awesome job <laughs> in executing on that. That's awesome. Um, so, Iowa, you're... What is like the style that Iowa is known for? Like, what's the most popular style in Iowa? Or you don't, yeah, it's a um, we're at Bush so, Light, yeah. You remember was, the uh GoFundMe uh thing, or what yeah. was it? Uh, Two or three years ago, the kid who was a student out at Iowa State and was on like college game day and said, oh, he was like, like Venmo me so I can buy Bush, yeah, Light. Venmo oh, me. Yeah, sorry. Bush Light, yes, I remember so. that, yeah. He raised like three million dollars for the uh, oh my god for what the genius. hospital yeah what yeah a- for the hospital well, that's nice so yeah yeah it was awesome <laughs> but as far as what um I don't know if there's a style that we're known for here I mean we're also I guess 
geographically, and this isn't that interesting, but we're right on the border of Illinois and Iowa. So, you know, we're only about three hours from Chicago. Yeah, pretty good beer scene up there. Yeah, But but also like three hours from Des Moines would probably be the biggest city in yeah. Iowa. That, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, we, we have access, I guess, to, you know, the beer scene here is, if you're willing to travel a little bit, there's a lot of stuff available. Um, as Matt mentioned earlier, we're also about three hours from Decorah, which is where Toppling Goliath is. And uh, it's all, all three of us, Matt and myself, and then Joe, the other owner, um, at times, probably in the last 10 years, made many trips to Decorah to get Toppling Goliath stuff before they were distributing. distributing. Yeah. 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 Um, and I mean, certainly that was probably my first um, real exposure to what I would call the, you know, IPAs that I think are popular now. Um, I don't know if everything they did was hazy necessarily at the beginning, but they were certainly um, hop forward. Um, and just being up there, there were always people that were bringing stuff to share uh, right. from places that. You know, I think that was the first time I ever had a Trillium IPA Ooh. with that top <laughs> yeah. So That's awesome. Uh, first time I ever heard of Treehouse was because TG did a collab with with Treehouse yep. Uh, yep. six or seven years ago. So Very um, cool. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. We know those people. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I bet yes. you do. When... Uh, when I'm always interested. Massachusetts, we're very lucky because we have some um, brewing laws or, you know, our Brewers Guild fights for a lot of, you know, brewing laws to allow for smaller breweries to distribute easier, not get into these crazy contracts with distributors. Um, What's the Brewers Guild like in Iowa? And do you guys have any crazy laws that you wish could change for brewers? Um, I don't know if we really have any crazy laws, but... um uh, we serve liquor in the tap room, so we're not able to self-distribute. But oh, really? Um, so you serve like whiskeys and vodka? Yeah. And really? Yep. Did you have to yep. get a specific so, license for that, or is that just covered under all the same? Just an additional. Yeah. Okay. So you, you can basically get a beer and wine license, or you can get like oh, beer, beer, wine, and wine liquor no. license. That's nice. And so if we just had the beer and wine license, we could self-distribute. But um, we yeah. chose to have basically a full bar. Um, we do have, uh, we sublease our kitchen to oh, nice. another, another outfit and they do all the food. Uh, they've been in the restaurant business for years. Uh, the three of us have never run a restaurant. So yeah, that makes it real easy for you. Yeah. yeah it's figure. always interesting here. We have brewers trying to run a restaurant and a brewery. So a lot of, yeah, and it's, yeah. we, we didn't feel like we were knowledgeable enough to, to do that. And, and honestly, there's people that have a lot more skill in, in that than and then we do. So we figured we we'd let them handle that. So yeah, if I'd want, I'd serve peanut butter and jellies. Yeah, no kidding. That's oh. what I'm good at making. Or hot dogs. Yeah, hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I do seafood. Oh, oh, well, oh that's nice. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Um, we thought about putting up a bunch of pizza pizzazzes, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love it. Uh, so we want people ultimately to come to Davenport to try your brewery, um, but yeah. we want people to also enjoy some of the local business around there. So what is the best hamburger joint to go to? What's the p- best local bar to go to? And uh, give me another one. So we do dive bar, we do best burger joint. 
Maybe like well, the, I don't know. I, you pick I, I one. Guess oh, hidden gem. <laughs> hidden gem. What's hidden the best? Gem. Hidden there you go. Gem. Sure. Hidden gem. Hidden gem. Uh, the burger thing. I, I mean, the proprietor who we sublease our kitchen to, <laughs> I believe, um, was voted as having the best burger in our metro area. Whoa. So within the past couple of years, so nice. that I'm going to have to. That, that would be the current. Uh, the business they operate under here is called the Kitchen Brigade. So, Ooh, yep. And on, outside of that, we have uh, Floyd's Burgers. He runs out of a food truck. Nice. So he's around town at a bunch of different breweries and, and different spots, but he does some really killer burgers as Floyd's well. Floyd's is so. awesome. Yep. Um, hidden gem. Uh, gosh, I don't know. Uh, I guess there's a, a pizza joint that's just a couple blocks away from where we're located that is sort of New York style. New York style. Uh, <laughs> and sort of, I guess, maybe push some boundaries as far as uh, – toppings and uh just generally make very good pizza they're called low pies Ooh. nice so yep. pineapple other pineapple pizza come on. <laughs> yeah. cool maybe some hot peppers uh right, you know right. nice. different uh guess yeah. a lot of different meats that they'll try out you got like a bacon ranch i'm sure bacon chicken ranch all that stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah huge the huge so, i love it and then um, what, what about dive little, bar I don't really hit a whole lot of dive bars, but oh, <laughs> we have man. endless brews that does like craft beer. But um, I guess for a dive bar, um, uh, I'm trying to think of. I don't know. The one that I used to go to is closed down now. So Vic oh. um, hangs out at Jack's Locust Street Tap. Oh, a lot Jack's, that, yeah. That's there's a, a known locally as Jack's LST, not LSD. Jack's <laughs> Locust Street Tap. Um, is a dive bar with, I think, generally yeah, they have a neon that says "lousy food, warm beer" in the window. So. <laughs> cool, I love that. So <laughs> yeah, they're 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 cool. So See, like that's the thing. Like that's like the thing that would make me like go there. Yeah, right. Well, that's like yeah, I yeah. definitely yeah. don't want warm beer, but that fucking sign. I like the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, I would tell you that there's a place that originated a pizza place here in Davenport where we are back in the early 70s that is now kind of franchised out they're not nationwide but they're more sort of midwest regional but they uh are the creator or the inventor of the taco pizza which is fairly what taco pizza yeah you yeah. ever heard of that no, no. tell us yeah. more oh uh, it's basic thing of a normal pizza but it's got Instead of normal like Italian sausage on it, sort of more of a Mexican seasoned like taco meat flavored oh, sausage, all right. uh, lettuce, tomato, and then I believe like Doritos. Yeah, not, yeah it's got nacho like tortilla cheese. chips. It's like cream on it. cheese usually on top. Yeah, yeah, nacho cheese, Doritos, crumbled, yeah. crushed yeah. up, and on the pizza. Yeah. And then they serve it. Uh, usually, if you order to go, it comes with like many many packets of taco sauce yeah. <laughs> i need that I that need sounds that. amazing i'll come for that so <laughs> most importantly we want people to come to stomp box where are you guys physically located yeah we're uh located at 210 east river drive so we're like literally you can look out our front window and uh see the mississippi oh that's Ooh. awesome so we're right downtown davenport um on river drive and i guess brady street is 
about a block down. So that that's the big intersection. Cool. Uh, Brady, cool. Brady Street's the main street that runs up through Davenport. So is it the greatest street of all time? Oh, like Tom um, Brady? Oh, like Tom Brady? Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't even right. think of that. You know, it's a terrible street. Uh, That's the worst. It's a Bears fan. <laughs> There's a somewhat, um, I guess, well-known like road race that happens here every July called the Bix Seven. Yeah. Um, named for like a jazz musician who uh, yeah. I think was from Davenport, and it was back in the. It was in Eight, the 40s. Yeah. So earlier part of the past century. But uh, the Bix 7 is a seven mile road race and it goes up Brady Street Hill, which is about, it's oh. half a mile probably. It's, and it's, it's, it's a long ways when you're running uphill. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's a long way and it's a steep hill. Yeah. And it, it brings in elite runners and all that jazz. But, oh, that's um, cool. So, Ryan, we'll have to train. To, are you going to run it, Ryan? Uh, no. No. Huh? Yeah, we got this. Come on. Uh, hey, they got a quick bix, so you can do that one. It's two miles, and then you can drink all the beer at the end. Right? Uh, so. Ryan, we can do two miles. Done. Yeah, I could probably do yeah. that. You can walk it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's there's right. lots of walkers. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for doing this. I appreciate it. I do have one last question. I'm sure my co-hosts have oh. other. I have. Is your third co- is your third oh. is your third co-owner also bald like you two? No, no. Oh, he's that's, got a full see, head of that's hair. why he's got he a lot of hair. hair. Yeah, he's got a lot so of hair. I, I'll add that Matt Matt has generally a full head of hair. Oh, but he just chooses to shave his head. Yeah. I don't have much, so <laughs> I've had this haircut for probably 20 years. It looks good. I have to say, like, it looks good. Like, it's a good look. I try. Yeah. <laughs> I've also, I've not paid for a haircut for like 20 years either. So that's, you know. That's nice. Know how much money is. Enough money that's, to open a brewery. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was just spent on craft beer instead. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, um, but no, our third owner, he's got hair. All right. Cool. That's what I wanted cool. to know. Go ahead, Ryan. So I want to know what you want to learn more about. You stole your question, Erica. Stole it. <laughs> your what question. What we want to learn more about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As far as brewing? Sure. Whatever you want. Okay. Um, I don't know. Just how to do this better. <laughs> In general. <laughs> like, how to spend good, less time honest, here. Yeah. yeah. Just, I mean, you know, obviously we don't have a professional training in this whole thing so we we're we're faking it until we can make it here so um well you're doing just, a good fucking job yeah the so. beers, awesome. beers are great it so just Thank logistics you. of running a brewery and uh you know as we especially as we grow uh things are going to change so i wish you all the success honestly with that cool yeah what is Thank next you. for you guys do you have any uh big plans uh, for the next year we are i guess um plans we um we brewed a russian imperial stout last winter and that has been sitting in some bourbon barrels since uh early february nice yeah so we're looking to probably release that in the next couple months we're probably thinking like thanksgiving time frame so good plan um yep excited about that i mean that's a I don't know. That's like the, the in, not that we want to be, we're not in this for the hype, but I mean, <laughs> uh, we didn't throw cereal in it or like marshmallows or spooky candy. Peeps. You didn't put peeps in yeah, it. There no. You go. <laughs> no peeps. There. But, uh, you know, we're excited about that. I mean, I, 
think initial impressions of it, having sampled it a little bit, um, are that it's it's really good. You don't ever know for certain, I yeah. guess, until you get it True. cold and carbonated. But um, you know, I think we've followed the process, and you know, been we're always pretty particular about how we do things, which is one of the reasons I think that we've had good success. So we really haven't had any batches that we've thrown away yet. Awesome. Um, and, and even when it's a style that maybe was not necessarily in our wheelhouse, it, like maybe, you know, I brewed hazy IPAs over and over when I was home brewing, but um, there's other styles that I probably didn't do as much. So, you know, I think if you pay attention to detail and, um, you know, it's not impossible to make good beer, even if it's, when it's a style that you've not done, done a whole lot. That was great. In research. You got to research. <laughs> yeah. So oh, it, yeah. that was good. So Matt, what kind of information would you give to like a fellow home brewer or someone starting out or stick with home brewing? I know I always kind of joke because my homebrew setup is basically a small version of what I'm working on now. So I have a stout homebrew setup that's electric as well oh, and nice. it's a 20 gallon <laughs> setup and so yeah it's probably as automated or more automated than ours here so um it's just a small I, home setup <laughs> yeah it's uh you know if if you're interested in it go for it like there is still tons of room in in craft beer to be successful um the big boys still own 80 percent of the market so just got to keep chipping away at that, oh, yeah. and, you know, and uh, so it's uh, people kind of people like when we were opening, they're like, oh, is there room for another, you know, brewery? I'm like, oh, is there a room for another restaurant or pizza place or like and nobody really yeah. questions that. True. Um, yeah. So it's or, a bar it. or whatever. So, you know, we feel like as long as you are ambitious, make good product and, you know really you know have heart in it then why not so definitely i would like to tell people like before prohibition there are more breweries than there are now you know yeah. so of course we have another brewery why not yeah absolutely yeah. Awesome. and we got a lot more people it, right right exactly <laughs> they're exactly. great spaces to hang out and yeah for people, everything for yeah sure. Well, thank you again for doing this this evening i we really appreciate it and i think oh, yeah. we need to make our before way out to davenport for sure Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. That is so cool. Look at it. That it really awesome. does look. That's a and cool it, tap. Like oh, if, it clicks. If you actually put a 9-volt battery in it, the LED will blink. Hell, yeah. That's so oh, cool. That's awesome. The guy that made the pedal, I, I asked him, I was like, I want it to blink every 15 minutes. So when you have it out of house, you click that on, and when you're sitting at the bar, you'll see that thing blink. Look at it. And then Time it won't blink beer. again for 15 minutes. And then, so it's a little, you Reminder, know. Reminder, you need another beer. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. Yeah. That's the time for another beer. I love drink it fast enough. That's awesome. Yeah. Those are super yeah. cool. That's so yep. cool. Well, Matt and Jamie, we note. hope to see you in person sometime in the near future. Absolutely. 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 Awesome. That'd be cool. Awesome. Well, cheers. Cool. Yep. Thanks so much, guys. Anytime. Thanks. Yep. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>